he can't control his own lightning. It's too powerful. Help uh, me, uh, Anakin. Uh, help me, uh, help me, Anakin. Uh, don't let him kill me. Uh, <laughs> why does this always happen to this guy? You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. We must be cautious. Hello, and welcome back to Beltway Banthas, a Star Wars podcast about the politics of a galaxy far, far away and what it can teach us about our own world right here, right now. I'm your host, Stephen Kent. It's a couple of days after Christmas. I'm coming to you back from home after a couple days of traveling here and here and there and there for different family Christmases and visits with friends. It is December 28th, and oh, what a wonderful time of year it is. This is a special episode because in this podcast, you get a review, a Beltway Bantha's opinion review of The Rise of Skywalker, Episode 9, the conclusion of the Skywalker saga featuring myself and my best friend from back home, William Walker Smith, also known as Will Smith, not to be confused with that Will Smith. (laughs) I thought it would be really cool to sit down and do this review with uh, a good old pal, just somebody who you normally would talk Star Wars with very candidly, honestly, and just in a fun and free-flowing manner that's what Star Wars is really all about as friends and family. And I thought about what kind of guest I wanted to have on for this episode. And I was thinking about some like really cool people from the past, some influencers or blue checkmark humans who would be neat to have back on. And then at the end of the day, I just thought, you know what, if you really want just a take from us or from me on the rise of Skywalkers, the, the good, the bad, the ugly, whatever, um, be best to get it from me and a friend back home. So this is what we recorded for you. It also features reviews from you the listener. We sent out a call for several of you to send in your reviews and you did just that. So that will be included in this episode as well. So let's get to the show. And you and I have a long and rich Star Wars friendship. We built our our entire friendship around Star Wars. Um, going back to, I guess I don't want movie, but I guess for me, I talk about on this show often our experience seeing episode three together. Um, it's been, it's been Star Wars ever since then. And maybe you could answer a question for me. Who all was with us at opening night at Revenge of the Sith? It was, it was you, me, my brother. And that was it, Michael. Okay. <clears throat> I feel so and bad. the strange people in line. I feel so bad because <laughs> my memory is just so spotty. I just remember you and me and it's like, I'm sure there were other people yeah. with us as well, but it's just been a, it's been a long time. Yeah. It's been and a long had time. we the guy who, well, Michael lost his ticket. Uh-huh. And we, we had the actual Jedi in the line who was... Who was keeping us calm with the force? Do you remember that? No, no. It tell ended me. up being it ended up being in the the car or, or in your coat pocket or something like that. But we had some guy who was dressed up in full Jedi regalia, and we were like, "Where are the tickets? Where are the tickets? Mm-hmm. Oh, we were never we're gonna even see the movie now." And Michael was like, "No, I can't believe it. This is this is happening." And the guy was like, "Be calm. Feel the force. Feel the force. <laughs> For everything is possible with the force." And then you like found the ticket, and he was like. What did I tell you? What, what did we have our <laughs> our nice robes, or were we still using our janky <clears throat> robes then? We had Jedi robes ourselves, but I I think I we had our the, handmade ones. Uh, yeah, I think it was the uh, mine with like the little like black yeah, the white yeah. lines down my black robe. But for Michael, we put we put khakis 
over his shoulders. Yeah, his Jedi robes were khaki <laughs> pants thrown over his shoulders in a V formation and a with v a formation. belt around it. And, and, a, and a cloak over top of it, so you couldn't see the actual, like, buttons and And it honestly wasn't bad. <laughs> it looks great. It was fine for a Padawan. Yeah, exactly. For a Padawan. For a Padawan. Okay, so... That was the first time Star Wars we thought ended. We are now at the second time Star Wars is allegedly ending. Supposedly, yeah. Uh, we did not get to see it together. Uh, I was heartbroken. We had tickets. Yeah, um, I ended up giving them to my parents, uh, my dad, my stepmom, and they went in your stead. And uh, where did you end up seeing it? Were you on a cruise? Yeah, no, I was I was with my in-laws. Uh, and actually, my parents came as well. We had a big family Christmas trip in Nassau, in Bahamas. So we went to a little theater in Nassau, and they actually had an IMAX there. So we, I got to see an IMAX. And this was after the cruise had ended? No, there was no cruise. It there was, was no It cruise. was just a trip to Nassau. Oh, yeah. I thought you were on a boat. No, no oh, boat. Okay. Just a trip to Nassau. Hmm. Um, just to get out of the cold and to be in the warm. And Was it a good theater? Oh, yeah. The, the IMAX was spectacular. Okay. I mean, it was just like here in the States. Um, and I think that might have had an impact on my viewing because uh, every movie when you see it in IMAX I, and, I, and I'm not this isn't an ad for IMAX but um, is it I it see, might be an ad I, for IMAX <laughs> and this so episode has details. been brought to you by IMAX <laughs> <laughs> I see so many more de- so many more details and I don't know you feel a lot more with the sound and and seats were very large and comfortable and it was was, just... was there a lot of decoration in your theater my theater no. did not have any decor or like big cutout nope. posters nope. or anything it's... it made me kind of sad i mean it is the bahamas so yeah <laughs> the promotional everything materials is very, don't go everything's there. very spartan okay yeah, fair so. enough fair <clears> enough <throat> what showing did you go to i went to a i went to a nine o'clock it was a, it was a six o'clock six p.m okay but it was already dark outside when we got there because winter time so and it was two days after opening yeah, two days. Okay. Well, a day after. Was that torture? Actually, was that torture for you? It was Saturday, so it was the day <laughs> after the opening. Um, well, because we didn't have any cell service or internet or anything out in, in the Bahamas, it wasn't like uh, you know my phone was buzzing me with you know I didn't have to silence anything because I just didn't have any uh, service. So fair enough. I, I mean, I knew it you had were happened. One with the force. I knew it had happened, <laughs> and I was like. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't as bad as if I had been, you know, stateside and my phone was going, Rise of Skywalker, check your notifications. Nope. Okay, so I saw it on Thursday night. I guess this was my birthday, December 19th. And we need to talk first impressions and then we'll go into how the movie has settled over the past couple of days. It's been it's been almost a week now since the movie came out. Look, I've had some Star Wars experiences since the prequels that were not good on opening night. And then after that, I started to feel better. I happened to walk out of Rogue One with Suara and Michael, Suara, my former co-host. And then we went and got drinks and I put my glass down on the table and I went, guys, I hate it. Wow. I hate it. Wow. I, I didn't like it. I had I complaints like up to this up to the roof. And I, I even like Darth Vader, the Darth Vader scene at the end, I went, it looked awful. It looked mm-hmm. awful. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't look real. It didn't even mm-hmm. look like Darth Vader. Uh-huh. And it was too <laughs> physical. And I just was very unhappy. And then I woke up like two days later and I was like, <clears throat> it was good. <laughs> and I gotta say, I walked out of this movie, uh, steaming out of my ears. I did not like it. I did not like it. 
and I was very sad. I, I canned it inside and I didn't act like it because around Sylvie, my, oh, my daughter, I just wanted her to, to be glowing and she was glowing. She thought it was a magical. And so, so what I, the only thing that I said was Sylvie asked me, uh, dad, what was your, what was your favorite part? And I, I, I just tongue in cheek. I went the end, you know, the end, the end, the end was my favorite part when it ended. No, I just, I just smiled and went like the end. So I assumed that she would meet, assume like I, I meant the Tatooine scene at the yeah. end, mm-hmm. but I was, I was not in a good mood when I left. <laughs> Well, I had sent you that next morning because I was like bursting. I felt like the alien was going to burst out of my chest because I just knew that, you know, it happened and it wasn't there. And uh, I sent you a message, but I didn't want any kind of spoilers. I, I really was trying not to. So I, I, I hooked into the Wi-Fi for just a second and I sent you a message that was like, give me your best emoji for how it felt. And you responded, can I send you a GIF? And I don't know what your GIF was from. But it was some TV show or movie where this guy was like, I'll kill them all. I'll kill them with my bare hands. And I said, oh, no. And so I set I turned my expectations meter way, 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 way down, which mm-hmm. I did for solo. And that's why I enjoyed it. And I feel like the less I go in expecting for, you know, some kind of spec- spectacle, amazing, you know, mind blowing uh, movie. If I turn it down to a more acceptable level, it will you know, kind of grab that and lift it up and make me feel better as yeah. I leave. So, yeah. When your expectations are too high mm-hmm. and with Star Wars, everybody has headcanon. Headcanon is yep. very strong. It is. And when your headcanon is is subverted on screen and torn apart, that the stuff that you've just been thinking about for years as being fact based in Star Wars and when they do away with it, if you go in there thinking it's going to be my headcanon, it's going to make you... Um, uncomfortable and at the worst angry mm-hmm. uh, when your headcanon is destroyed. So mm-hmm. yeah, second time for me is always better. Um, second time mm-hmm. for me in every Star Wars movie since the prequels has been a better viewing because I feel like then I can view it more objectively and view it for what it is, not what I wanted it to be. Because I, I mean, at the end of the day, and everybody knows this, like Star Wars for me, I, I take what I'm served. I eat the food, I smile for the most part, I get through the meal, and then I go like, whew, that was not good. But then the next week, I just kind of like, I go back and I see it again, and I go, this is Star Wars now. I don't, it, this is, just is. It just is. That's a, that's a very good insight. Uh. Um, so so you're, you're talking about yours, so I'll, I'll throw out mine now. Um, my first gut feeling of walking out of the theater um, was, was, I was elated. Honestly, um, I'm jealous. I, I'm yeah, jealous. That's the great. I, I, I was. Uh, I, I sat with my wife. We we were really kind of like sitting close to each other, where we could you know touch each other and 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 high five and hold hands and and cry and all of that stuff. So all the little, um, just the little sequences like with Wedge and Tilly's and and it's hard for me to name all the different Hoo-ha. things. <laughs> great shot, Jansen. Um, they came. From behind. Wedge didn't say that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> just, just obligatory yeah. X-Wing stuff. Yeah. And I know some of the, the, the um, you know, rest our, our princess, um, Carrie Fisher stuff was a little ushered in there for, for her memory. But at the same time, she did mean a lot to a lot of us. And it was good for, for the actual, um, you know, for Star Wars itself to kind of send her off in a movie. 
Um, you you were elated. You you um, walked out and you were like, I was happy. That, that I was mean, a star. It was Wars. all <laughs> the little things, and then the big one for me was our questions were answered and the story moved along. Um, we actually got some closure, which for you, I know some of your gripes in the past couple of years with star Wars was mm-hmm. stagnation in, well, just, mov- in moving the plot along. That was just the yeah. last Jedi. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was yeah. because you're, you're complaining about the last Jedi was you feel like it didn't advance anything. Mm-hmm. And so this movie advanced stuff in a big way, yeah. <laughs> in a yeah. big way, in a big way, very fast. And I, and I, and I understand why, I mean, that's the <clears> whole thing with JJ trying to finish the story that he had originally started telling. And then he was like, okay, well, I got to fit a lot of his canon into one movie segment, which mm-hmm. he did. So at the beginning of that movie, I was a little, I was gritting my teeth a little bit because <laughs> it was moving so fast. Um, yeah. And then it starts to slow down. And um, and that's when I was really starting to get pulled into it. Yeah. Well, then let's talk about what we liked because you mentioned mm-hmm. um, the pacing. Uh, so I won't talk about the pacing because it's not part of the stuff that I liked. Um, I like to start with positive things because there's plenty of positive stuff going on in this movie. Uh, new, we got new worlds. We got new mm-hmm. places that we've uh, that we've not seen before in Star Wars. I loved some of the sets, like the Rebellion, the Resistance sets. You know, their jungle, their mm-hmm. jungle fortress. Um, I even liked some aspects of what they they did on Exegol, kind of getting finally like a Sith. It's not a home world. It's not a Sith home world. I think we still can maybe believe that like Korriban is the Sith home world. But Exegol seemed like more of like a religious site of something a little bit more more serious. I liked that a lot. I liked the snowy planet where we met um, Carrie Russell's character, Poe Dameron's ex-girlfriend. <laughs> that was a really cool world. I like that. Um, there was just a lot of good stuff going on there. And then I liked the battles. The lightsaber battles mm-hmm. in particular were good. In particular. Yeah, they were good fights. I loved by the second fight that Rey and Kylo had um, out on the water outside mm. the Death Star. It was like they were exhausted. Yeah. Mostly Rey. Rey was yeah. exhausted. Yeah. And they were just hacking and oh, hacking. Yeah. They were just beating it. And hacking. Yeah. And hacking. <laughs> <laughs> what about um, you? Like, what did you like? Like I said, so it, for me, a lot of the things that made it... Uh, well, I'll go broad real quick, real broad for me, um, Star Wars, which is why I can't I can't really uh, gripe The Last Jedi that much because The Last Jedi did take us to different places. Yeah. Um, and what Star Wars, what makes Star Wars really Star Wars for me is the fact that you've got these different storylines and they visit different places and they go, well, meanwhile, you know, these characters are doing this together. And then over on this planet, these characters are doing this together. And it never really gets you set in one spot where you can just kind of get bored of what's going on and fall asleep. You know, the first 30 minutes of return of the Jedi. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, and, and you see that, you know, even with, uh, Empire Strikes Back with you, you have Hoth, the battle of Hoth, and then you go to Dagobah and you see all that and cloud city. There's always something, you know, the variety is so spectacular in star Wars. And that's what keeps me involved in the story that keeps Mm -hmm. me like, I, I like going with that. So they kept that happening. You know, they had the different planets and they had the, you know, the, the desert world with the sinking sands and the, and the, uh, tunnel like scene. The inhabitants the, were cool. And the inhabitants um, and the, the festival that the they festival, do. Did you yeah. catch that the festival happens every 42 years? That's, I didn't catch that's that. Star Wars age. 
they they said that is a a festival like a light festival that happens every 42 years which this movie is 42 years of star wars uh, very nice very nicely yeah, done yeah. very nicely done yeah so stepping away from the broad as you said with yeah. that the little things so yeah. the little cameos that we got the the you know little nods um, you know, with the death of Princess Leia, yeah, and and we actually get that emotional response from Chewbacca. Um, it was know, quite so a response. Quite a response. Quite a response. Um, yeah. And then, of course, uh, Oscar Isaac's performance with you know everybody's trying to be touchy feely, lovey dovey, and he's like, okay, I guess we're holding hands now. <laughs> you know that relationship he had with um, Poe and Finn had that. that he was very jaded in this movie. He, he was. was. He was angry, uh-huh. um, short tempered, a little defeated. Little defeated, mm-hmm. yeah. He had lost his spark, and it was it was good for his character. And it, and it was as you saw that as at the end of the movie yeah. too, where he said, "I'm sorry, we've lost." He was really edging to give up. Yeah, um, yeah. He's been he's been fighting the flyboy thing, yeah. and I think uh, Holdo has been in his head, you oh, know, yeah. since the Absolutely. last Jedi. And he's been a little deflated, a little bit more urgent. He's still impatient, mm-hmm. um, but it's not an optimistic impatient like mm-hmm. it was before. It's mm-hmm. been he. I've seen a lot of good reviews of what went on with his character in this movie that he has moved along and like had an arc, which mm-hmm. was which was good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He learned to lead. Mm-hmm. I'm no Leia, he says. Yeah. <laughs> ah. Him and Finn weren't always getting along in this movie either. But they had they had good on screen chemistry too. I yeah. I enjoyed their banter with each other was was yeah i mean they had they had good chemistry i just like as characters they weren't getting along it was their bromance seemed like it was mostly over (laughs) (laughs) by the end of it i um i liked uh leia's jedi path in this movie that she was training ray Ray called yes. her master yes. in the very beginning, mm-hmm. uh, which also I liked the beginning with Ray mm-hmm. and her training sure. sequence. I liked when she was meditating the rocks and she then like floated out of the ground and did like a backflip down to the ground oh, yeah. like she was on wires. Mm-hmm. It was very cool. And her running through the woods with the training droid was very neat. Um, and then that I think naturally takes us to one of her first encounters with Kylo Ren was out there in the woods during the training. Um her and Kylo connected through the Force again in this movie. They took Force Skype to the next level. Mm-hmm. They took it to the next level. Uh, did yeah. you did you follow along with that? Were you liking now, that? Yeah. So now when that when that when those you know I, I was a big fan of that in the Last Jedi was their connection um, with them. It was know, the, I think it was the coolest out. thing they did in that oh, movie. Very yeah. very cool. Um, and so for them to you know pull it up the next level, I will say when we're talking about first reactions. Um, when he did reach out and he grabbed the necklace from her. Yeah. Uh, I, I, my, I don't know. Cause like you said, we have hand head cannon. Did and, you and, fall out of your seat? In my like, mind, I'm like, yeah, that, you know, you can't, you can't do that. You can't teleport objects across. Yeah. A, I mean, I guess anything's possible did, with did the you, force. Did you connect but, that to the water on his hand in the last Jedi? Yeah, I yeah. did. I, I thought about that. He was splashed right, by the I wave said, yeah. that Ray was but splashed th- by. You know, that was different from like a tangible, like, yeah. physical piece of clothing. Well, it was a huge um, leap from in The Last Jedi when it was happening and they were confused by it. He was mm-hmm. like, my hand is wet from yeah. where? And then in this movie, he actively attempted and knew he could get the necklace off of he, her. He got it. He tried. He had, he had yeah. a plan. Yeah. He had a plan. He was like, I'm going to get closer and closer and closer to her in this vision, snatch the necklace and then scan it and we'll know where they are. Mm-hmm. So it was... It was like their knowledge of this this power really grew yeah. in between movies, mm-hmm. or they've been studying yeah. it in some way. So, 
that was it was good to see you know because um, a lot of people leaving the leaving the theater said oh well you don't even have to watch eight now because you can just skip that movie and go to this one and nah, you more, can't skip no you yeah. can't you yeah. can't yeah. skip a star wars yeah. movie well and and, and you know, luke's arc <laughs> well <laughs> like, it, well i know yeah. and, and and there's so many things that connect the two i know they only there's only two times they ever mention something in dialogue which was they said something about the holdo maneuver the holdo it's a one maneuver. in a million and then they said uh, uh no one showed up at the battle of but I, I like how that uh that hobbit uh masquerading as a resistance member <laughs> from is a guy from lord of the rings yeah absolutely uh, they he was suggested the holdo maneuver was he suggesting uh, kamikaze flights like what was, I, I guess what was that well that, that was something else and, and you know what my brother-in-law try a holdo maneuver we should all just kill ourselves <laughs> well my brother-in-law had a very interesting because i was i was challenging him on that whole how you know holdo flew the ship through all the other ships you know everybody in star wars fandom is just fighting over this um and i said you know kind of how hyperspace works was you know you you enter a pocket dimension it's a it's a high it's a highway uh, you enter an uh, interdimensional highway, which is the blue tube. Um, and he said, well, if that's the case, because I said, you can go hyperspace and a hyperspace lane. A hyperspace lane could be traveling through you right now. But since you're not in it, any ships that are in it aren't going to hit you. It's not just going really fast in one direction. Is it's- that the case? I thought it was just you going at the speed of light, like light speed. No. I thought it was just no, you no, going no. Light speed is the... Um, <clears throat> What's the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, it's the term for it. Mm-hmm. It's the the shorthand term for it. Um, but as as you learn in astrophysics, not uh, 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 a only photons can go at light speed. If mm-hmm. a, if, a, if a physical object moved at the speed of light, it, so would, it the, would take up all the available space. The gripe with the Holden the maneuver was that if you jumped into light speed at a bunch of ships, you wouldn't hit them. No, you wouldn't. But That's what, what, what my brother-in-law said was the reason she had to be, and this was never explained. This is just his theory. The reason she had to be on the ship was to detonate a, a self-detonation mm-hmm. to blow the ship up the minute it entered hyperspace. Mm-hmm. So all of its pieces would leave that that hyperspace channel. And that's just a theory. And, and it would yeah. just scatter like confetti yeah. in front of wherever direction she was going, which is what happened. That's so funny. So you didn't wh- see one ship sliced through it all. You saw a bunch of pieces of a ship slice through all of those. That's true. There were a bunch of cuts across a bunch of different yeah, ships. Yeah, and he said that that's, that was probably the case. She blew the ship up the minute she entered hyperspace in order to send out shrapnel. Yeah. I'd love I'd love to hear from the people behind the movie, like the logistics of like what mm-hmm. how they came up with decisions on that yeah. and what they decided to yeah. do there and why. Now I will remind everyone, I'm no astrophysicist. <laughs> so what I have said is probably outlandish and horribly wrong. So don't take me up on that. We're just shooting theories out here. <laughs> it's Star Wars. Um I am a plastic you, spaceman. You mentioned the EU earlier. Um Leia trained as a Jedi. Mm-hmm. We now she was training Ray and helping mm-hmm. her build her skills, and we find out at the end, close to the end, third act, that Luke has her lightsaber, Leia's lightsaber, wrapped up on Mm -hmm. Octo, the island. Mm -hmm. He gives it to Rey, says, I have something for you. And then we get a quick flashback, which 
I could have done without the flashback. Just <laughs> just being honest, could have done without the flashback because it's not Star Wars style to do flashbacks. And The Last Jedi was the first one to kind of break that rule, um, in my opinion. Well, I guess The Force Awakens did too. This entire trilogy has broken the rule about <laughs> how, flashbacks. How dare they ruin our headcanon, Stephen? <laughs> flashbacks are not a story. <laughs> but we get, we see Luke and Leia fighting in the woods, uh, training Luke with his green, Leia with a blue. Mm -hmm. And then I think he, uh, Leia bested him, knocked Luke down Mm -hmm. to the ground. And then we find out that Leia trained as a Jedi after Return of the Jedi and that she saw a vision of what was going to happen with her son. And she decided to walk away from being a Jedi. And presumably that's when she focused more on politics, I guess. I guess. I guess. I, I, I remember this being mentioned in Bloodline, one of the political books that follow Leia's career. It's New Canon by Claudia Gray. They allude to this, um, but this was really hard confirmation that she trained and then decided not to do it and that politics was her best arena mm-hmm. to make a difference. Which, I mean, this this happens to a lot of us in the in the career field too, which is, you know, you get you get your degree in something. Uh, ends up not really being your true calling. You walk away from that, and you you begin a whole career in something completely different. Uh-huh. So so that that you know that's that seems like what happened with Leia. What I did like with Leia and and Ray's training was Leia didn't seem to take that role of like ah oh, yes you must be mindful and really get into her training. It really seemed to me like she was regurgitating a lot of things that she remembers Luke doing for mm-hmm. her, and just passing them on to Ray. So they share what you have learned. Yeah, they didn't, uh, you know, write her in as some Jedi sage that knows a lot of stuff. Just someone that's that's got the basics down to help Ray kind of get those basics herself. What was on your priority list for this movie? What did you go in like really hoping for and that you liked that you thought was like great payoff? Oh, that's a tough question. Um, For me, I will say that. Ray's resolution was very positive. I liked I I liked her choice to take the Skywalker name mm. and walk that path as a choice. I think we we can talk about Ray Palpatine. We can talk about Ray's origins, which is for me on my sort of gray area kind of bad list. But the fact that she ended the movie by choosing to be in the Skywalker clan, if you will. Not necessarily the family, but like the Skywalker clan. That, to me, goes with my hopeful fan theory that the rise of Skywalker is still about all of us, that any of us can be a Skywalker. My dad called me Skywalker, still does. Uh, whenever he's whenever he's talking to me, I sometimes call my daughter Skywalker. And I love the idea that that is a path that any of us can take. If you walk in the footsteps of Luke Skywalker, you are a Skywalker. And the fact that she did that, I think it, I think it symbolized more than saying who her family is. She chose her family. Yeah. And we can choose our family. And I think you chose and, and a family. Look at, look at Christmas day right here. We're not brothers in blood, but we are brothers by choice in the force. <laughs> we are brothers in the force. <laughs> Because Brothers. with the force, anything is possible. Brothers by choice. Ray, Ray chose her way, and that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways, you were talking about that. Um, yeah. So what was the question again? <laughs> uh, we were just talking about the idea of Oh, what we choosing. wanted to see. Yeah. yeah what choosing we a path. What did you want to see that you saw? That I, that I saw? Yeah. Um, I think one of the big things for me, uh, and, and I kind of had wanted this since 2015 when we saw um, Seven, 
was Kylo Ren interacting with Anakin Skywalker. Okay. In some way. Uh, that didn't happen in this movie, but we did hear Anakin's voice. That You really wanted that. Um, yeah. And I think that scratched the itch a little bit for me. Okay. Was being able, because not only did we get Anakin's voice, we got a Ahsoka plethora. Tano's voice. We got Ahsoka. Mace Windu's voice. We got Luminara and Dooley. We Who? Got Luminara. She's one of the Jedi Masters from the Council. They they had all these yeah. voice actors. I, all I know. these people come I in. Know. I know they had a lot they of voices. They had Canon. Or Kanan Jarrus from Rebels. He was in there. Uh-huh. Okay. Aya Sakura was one of the voices. Wow. Uh-huh. I knew I knew the main ones. And yeah. I caught Ahsoka in there. Mm-hmm. I didn't catch any yeah. of the other yeah. ones. So they had a they had a good bit. I saw uh, a listing online today of uh who said what what character said what line when they were speaking to Ray. And I think Kanan speaks three times. Amazing. So um, and he's and, one of he's one of my favorite Jedi. Yeah. Oh, his his uh, the end of his story was just incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really and and here's the other thing: people were getting mad about a lot of those um, cameos, and I and I kind of people getting mad. Oh, how dare about they? things? One of the oh, things. Oh no! <laughs> what are we gonna do? What are, What's what? are we gonna do? Um, but one of the things that I thought about it was, you know, it, it doesn't have to be those. It could have just be Jedi from the past. It could be anyone. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't have to be those. Just because that's their voice actors doesn't mean that it was that Jedi either. Can I make so, a style point on sure. that? I thought it was weird that it just like cut to space. It went to <laughs> space and then it stayed on a shot with just the stars. <laughs> and we just heard all the voices and then Ray kind of like came back to it. Uh-huh. I thought that was a weird choice and it was a very bland moment. But then I think about the alternative, which is that we see we see ghosts, right? <laughs> yeah, that we see yeah. Anakin. And then I go, that could have also been ruined. Yeah. That could have also been very bad. Well, I was thinking when the first time in Last Jedi when we see Yoda, and I was like, oh, <laughs> oh what's happening? Um, imagine, you know, and even when Luke's ghost catches the lightsaber, yeah. every time a Force ghost shows up, in these in the new movies, I was always like, oh, oh. it's always a shock to your system. Yeah. And if we had seen like Ghost Windu or something, I don't know. I could I don't think you I think you would have laughed. Yeah, I would have yeah, been like, yeah. but hearing his voice as part of you know, space is reality and, and her having the clarity to see in space, I mean, that was kind of like a spiritual mm-hmm. connection for me because she was knocked out at the time right like she was unconscious no she she said be with me okay and then she she saw through the smoke and the haze of the lightning and all that stuff she saw into the universe and i think you know we're all from we're all stardust and i think having the clarity to see our origin which is yeah space was yeah uh, meaningful i uh that moment had a lot of power it had a lot of potential to be bungled. And I think one of the things that could have made it go awry, like I mentioned, was like actually seeing some of these ghosts because the good and the bad of that scene was that it reminded us both of the same thing, Dragon Ball Z <laughs> and, and defeating Cell. Uh, I, I, I told you what I thought. Uh, or you told. I think I beat you yeah, to the point. Yeah. I told my brother that it reminded me of Gohan defeating Cell. Mm-hmm. It's all of the, of the, of the San 
blood wrapped up in Gohan with Goku coming up behind him as a spirit and giving him that extra boost. And Cell is by nature of him absorbing his enemies. He's all the bad guys. He's all the Sith. He's all the Sith. Gohan's all the Jedi. Jedi, And then you get the blast. And I I said that to my brother and then you said it to me and I was like, (laughs) amazing. Yeah. So it was like the, it was like the end of the Cell saga. Mm -hmm. And I guess I just wanted something more restrained for an ending. And it was just so like electricity and three CG technology mm. and Palpatine's face once again melting because he yeah. he can't control his own lightning. It's too powerful. Help me, uh, Anakin. Uh, help me, uh, help me, Anakin. Uh, Don't let him kill me. Uh, <laughs> why does this always happen to this guy? And why can't he stop? Stop shooting the lightning. I just wanted it. I wanted it to be more restrained. I wanted like a very NPR type ending, but it was just like, talk radio. (laughs) Transformers movie. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Michael Bay. So I don't know. I just, there was so much good there. So much good. And then there was just so much, ah, but why? You know, this was Mm -hmm. J.J. Abrams, Mr. Practical effects. Oh, can't we just return back to the basics as he like sort of like elbows George Lucas and the prequels. And he does a great job in Force Awakens with practical uh-huh. approach to things. And then this movie was very just Over like very, very CGI, very it had practical effects, mm-hmm. but not in the way that the Force Awakens yeah. was dominated by it. So the, if we're talking about this, then let's talk about the bad. But first, reviews from you, our Beltway Banthas listeners. We're going to take a quick break from Will and I's discussion of the movie, and we're going to hear from all of you about what you thought of The Rise of Skywalker. Hey, Beltway Banthas. This is Nick Deco from Raleigh, and I just wanted to give my review on The Rise of Skywalker. I liked it. I liked it a lot. Some of the parts that really reached me the most were the flashbacks to Leia training as a Jedi, the ending with Rey, uh, Ben's overall arc making uh, more sense in how they ended it for him, whereas they could have just made him the big bad. But I definitely think there was valid criticisms of some of the things that they rushed, Palpatine being one, Kylo's turn to joining Palpatine, uh, and some other things here and there that did feel rushed in the end. But I think that's just a byproduct of how The Last Jedi was only a few moments after Force Awakens and how our storytelling really had to jump a lot for another movie. That being said, I still loved it. I thought it was a great movie. I thought it was a great way to end the saga. I know people have issues with some of its storytelling and how it maybe just feels like it's trying to sell merchandise and the Disneyfication of a series. But for me, I didn't really see any of that. Uh, I saw that this did have an arc that was being told from the beginning, that it wasn't rushed from the standpoint of writing first drafts and just running with those. I think the writers and the producers took time to think things through, knowing that they weren't going to please everybody. And for us Star Wars fans, being maybe 30 plus, 40 years old, that's just not possible and we should be okay with that this movie is going to mean things to some people that it's going to not mean to me and that's great and it's going to mean things to my kids that it's not going to mean to me and that's great too uh, but in the end Star Wars will always be a touchstone for me it'll be more than just a moment but it'll be a touchstone throughout different parts of my life it has its own legacy within my life in the lives of the people I care about and that's what Star Wars is about and it always has been about building more long-term friendships and relationships than, than not and having things to talk about like I just did at a random Starbucks or my Star Wars jacket in the movie. That's what Star Wars should do. It should be a, a keystone for all of us in building new relationships as we can. Um, and I think this movie does that. 
So I'm happy with it. Uh, it's not my favorite Star Wars film, um, but that being said, it's going to be somebody else's, and that's great. So uh, I hope everybody gets a chance to see it again. If you haven't, if you haven't had a chance to see it twice, I haven't. Uh, but it's been a thrill of a ride, enjoying all of this with everybody uh, on Beltway Banthas and across the spectrum uh, for the past couple of years. So may the force be with you, and happy holidays. I'm Ari Chavez. Closing out a 42-year-old saga was never going to be easy. And I think J.J. Abrams did a really good job. It's not the worst movie, let me remind you. We do live in a world where Attack of the Clones exists. I thought there was a bunch of different storylines that I liked. Of course, I do wish that some of them were explained more so than others. For instance, how did Palpatine survive all of those years? Sure, we're supposed to assume that he cheated death, but how? Oh, so how does he have a grandchild? That was never explained either. Regardless of that, I did enjoy the film. I loved when all the past Jedi spoke to Rey. That really hit me in all the feels. I thought that was great. I thought the film did a good job at keeping me interested. And I thought it paid a good homage to the whole saga, despite what many people think. I mean, we got another Han Solo I know moment. I really wanted him to be in the film in some capacity, so I'm really happy that they did that. I'm also a big Raylo supporter, so of course, I liked that touching moment at the end. I really like Redemption, and I'm glad that Kylo got his chance to do so. I loved Ray taking the Skywalker last name. I thought that made the most sense to me, and it obviously worked with the title. I'm also one of those people that really wanted Ray to be related to Palpatine, and once I saw the trailer, I assumed that was going to be the direction that they were going to go in, and when I was right, I was pretty happy. Um, the only reason I wanted to go in that direction is because I like the idea that despite your bloodline, you can choose your own path. I also like that she was the one to kill him. I thought that was good. I judge a film on its ability to make me cry, if it's good or not. And this film actually did make me tear up. Um, and I'll tell you when. It was the part of the film when, to me, it felt like the most like Star Wars. And it was during the epic space battle when even Poe lost all hope. And then when he regains it, that's when I teared up. I do, however, believe that this film could have taken some more risks because it was in a very safe zone. However, that being said, I did feel like I was a part of the adventure the whole time. The one thing I will say is I didn't like what they did to Finn's character. I thought he went from being a leader to a very boring character. He could have done a lot more than scream Poe and scream Ray and follow Ray around the whole time. But I think it is clear that he's definitely force sensitive and the film dropped a lot of hints on that. So I think that's a good direction for him. I'm upset that they sidelined Rose's character also, but I did let myself be in the moment in this film and go along for the ride. It wasn't until afterwards where I thought way too much about the film that I started to have all of these mixed feelings about it. That's my review. I didn't hate it. Hey, Banthas. Juan John Jedi, i.e. John Liang here. I am recording this in San Jose, Costa Rica, so happy holidays to all. I have seen The, the Rise of Skywalker once, I am still processing that movie. It was a lot. It was visually stunning. It was narratively all over the place. Um, a 10-year-old would probably love this movie. An adult will yell with glee in some moments, will get choked up in others, and go, what the bleep, in a whole bunch of other movie, parts of that movie. It was great. It was also kind of confusing. It was also wonderful. It was also... Okay, as you can t hear, I'm, my reaction is still kind of mixed. It is in no way a negative reaction. I'm still, I'm still in the process of figuring it out. Hopefully, if I'm lucky, I will watch it again while I'm here in the holidays in Costa Rica with my parents. It's an amazing movie. It, um, the very last bit of it was great. It showed a really good ending to the trilogy. 
to not the trilogy to the entire saga but yes there was a whole bunch of areas of the movie that sort of had me going hmm so yeah there's there are there's of course politics in this movie that I will need to uh, what's the word oh, digest in the next month or two months whatever I can first of all the most importantly of all I cannot wait for Ray Carson's novelization that is due out in March of 2020 to come out where I can read and hopefully we will get a lot of the little details that that, that they did not include in the movie in that book. Once again, happy holidays, happy new year. We will see you in the new year. Take care. Hey, this is Anne. Um, so I really liked the movie. When I watched it the first time, I, I felt like I couldn't breathe the entire time. I think it was a mix of excitement and anxiety, and there was really no moment to calm down. Um, but I loved it. So then I went to go see it a second time because I was like, okay, I can be calm. I know what's coming. I can, you know, notice things a little differently i will say definitely the second time i thought that the like the scroll at the beginning felt weird um but it's fine i do have a lot more questions coming out the second time but i also noticed like the humor was good the cinematography especially when they're in that battle trying to get off of uh ren's ship was very beautiful um but I do have a lot more questions, and I'm not sure if it's because I'm such a hardcore Raylo shipper that I'm upset with the ending, of, but I'm definitely seeing a lot of stuff where folks think that it was edited and that Solo was supposed to live. I'm also very confused at why they see Lando and he doesn't even mention Han. <laughs> um, but so there are a lot of questions still out there for me, but I will say that the rewatch value is high. So I do enjoy it. Um, I guess it's just not necessarily the ending I would have given or, you know, of course there's always going to be questions that are unanswered. Um, I don't think the book is going to really fix any of those holes. I think it'll just contextualize stuff, uh, but that'll be interesting to see. But I would also be surprised if they're for real serious this time about this being the end of the Skywalker saga. Um, so yeah, I, you know, I've got lots of questions, so I'm a little frustrated with that, but I will watch this movie a million more times. I felt like we were in trouble as soon as the opening crawl started with the words the dead speak. I felt that whole opening crawl sequence, talking about Palpatine coming back as a ghost, crystallized my issues with the rise of Skywalker. It completely plays it safe and takes no chances. Regardless of how you feel about The Last Jedi, I personally love it. That film took the franchise in new and interesting ways that it needed to go to after how safe The Force Awakens was. This film, however, feels like it's going to have its way to undo that, whether it's walking back the great reveal in The Last Jedi that Rey's parents were nobody and she came from nowhere to being Palpatine's granddaughter. I felt that was so much more compelling that Rey was no one and still, despite being no one, became a Jedi. I think I found that so relatable and now it's just nope she's it's all related to blood now it's all because she's a Palpatine I felt that that was really just trying to placate the hardcore Star Wars fans that wanted to that were spreading these theories for years that Rey is a Palpatine or Rey is a Kenobi how about instead of trying to placate those fans do something new do something you're confident in and I felt that Ryan Johnson did a good job in that and I also feel like J.J. Abrams really did a shameful job in sidelining Rose. Regard Again, I liked Rose in The Last Jedi. I know a lot of people didn't. But after all the harassment and hate that Kelly Marine Tran got, 
J.J. Abrams should have done more for Rose than just sideline her into a minor character at best. It really felt like he uh, he was giving throwing those fans a bone that they don't deserve after all the hate they gave her. So, I wanted to love this film, especially with how I, I've been a fan of how Disney has been handling the franchise for the most part, but... I really feel like they kind of missed the ball here. And if this is truly the end of the series for the for the time being, I think it's for the best. Hey, Steven. It's Andrew Siner. Rise of Skywalker was fine. I have my problems with it, but after a second viewing, it was way, way better. The first viewing, I was sitting there going, I don't know if I like that movie, which is a weird feeling. I mean, I didn't like Rogue One, but I got over it. Then I went to go and see Rise of Skywalker again, and it, it actually hit for me. Um, overall, I would just say that the pacing is just way too damn fast for me personally. I know some people like that go, 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 go stuff, but give me my slow paced stories all day, every day, personally. There are bits and pieces of it that are absolutely fantastic. I loved the entire uh, last third of the movie on my second viewing. Um, basically everything from... Uh, the star to the Death Star fight onward. It's never going to beat out The Last Jedi for my favorite Star Wars movie. I would say, I don't know, it's about in the middle for me. It's good enough. And uh, thanks for having me. Take care. Hi, I'm Connie, and this is my review of The Rise of Skywalker, the final installment of the Skywalker saga. I'd like to start by saying that I approached this film with an open mind and heart because I wanted the focus to be on the story being presented rather than my own expectations. I'm happy I did because I really enjoyed the overall story and film. Having seen the film twice, I'm left with a sense of joy and satisfaction. I thought the entire cast was on their A-game, particularly Adam and Daisy, and I loved the humor and banter between Ray, Finn, and Poe. I also get a, enjoyed getting to know all the new characters, Zori, Janna, Baba Frick, and Dio. I also liked the incorporation of the legacy characters, and loved the subtle nods to the Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels. I thought Tom Williams' original score was amazing, and loved the introduction of the new musical themes. Narratively, the themes of family, the power of choice, confronting fear and not being alone, all resonated with me. In particular, I found Rey claiming the Skywalker name on her own at the end to be an empowering moment for the character. She is who she wants to be. I have always been intrigued by Force lore, and the new elements introduced into the story left me with questions that I feel are future opportunities for storytelling in other mediums. While I do have a few nitpicks, none of them were a distraction from the overall story. To borrow a phrase from 3PL, I felt The Rise of Skywalker was a poignant last look at friends, both old and new, that had been a part of my life for the past 36 years when I first saw The Return of the Jedi on the big screen. I look forward to seeing The Rise of Skywalker again and again. May the Force be with you. Hey, Steven. It's Mike Harris. Uh, we saw The Rise of Skywalker. Me and my son went on Thursday night, just like we've done since 2015 for each of these new movies, and both of us loved it. I thought it was great. It was fast. It was fun. It was visually just a beautiful, stunning film. It was emotional. It was just great. Um, I think that it completed what it set out to do in 2015, which was to introduce new heroes, new villains, have the classic characters come back and, and pass the torch, so to speak, and I think that it, it did what it set out to do. Um, 
it gave a lot. It was a very full film. You know, all two and a half hours of it were just filled with stuff that, you know, some of it they didn't explain, but I think that they're also laying the groundwork for movies and books and comics and everything to fill in later, which is, you know, what I love. So I think that, uh, yeah, I, I think it was great. I, was it perfect? No. But, you know, were the prequels perfect? No. Were the originals perfect? Yes, but, you know, that's irrelevant. Um, I think that it just, you know, the next day I couldn't help but think and talk about it and, and continue to run through the film in my in my head, and I think that that's probably the best endorsement that, uh, that Star Wars fans could give this film. It's going to keep us talking for another 20, 30 years. So, uh, yeah, it was great. Can't wait to hear what you thought of it, and uh, Babu Frick is the new Baby Yoda. All right, thanks, Steve. May the force be with you. Hello, Banthas. Thanks to everybody who sent in your review of The Rise of Skywalker. Loved hearing your thoughts. It's always nice to get a little break and hear from everybody else uh, who, who actually went out and saw these movies so we can kind of test whether or not we're the only ones who feel <laughs> one way or another about the movie. So that was great. Now, I want to remind everybody here of the contest we have running through January, you have two more weeks roughly to leave us a review on podchaser.com. Leave Beltway Banthas a review on podchaser.com slash Beltway Banthas. You can go there very quickly. Just create a, a account with a name and email address and tell us what you think of the show. We hope it's five stars, but we won't require that, of course. And people who submit a review are going to be entered into a pot to win one of two books, a Star Wars Ultimate Pop-Up Guide to the Galaxy and Rebel Starfighters, a sort of blueprint-esque book of the, um, of the Rebel Starship fleet. Now, the pop-up book also as well is a fantastic guide through all of the saga of Star Wars with pop-up stories. And it's, I mean, gosh, it's like a $75 value book. So I really recommend you check that out. Anyways, um, leave us that review and you'll be entered in in the first week of January and we will email you based off what you use in your account and we'll let you know that you've won and send you your book. All right, with that, back to the show. If we're talking about this, then let's talk about the bad. Um, and one of the things for me, because I said I left that theater elated and I was just like, oh, wow, I cried, I cheered, I high-fived. The force is alive. The force is alive. But... When all of my family, which there was like nine of us there, they all kind of cluttered around where, where my the, wife and I were sitting. The negative group thing began. And, and they said, well, what did you think? And I said, I, I liked it. And then I was trying to give them something like, because well, of course they're like, well, what didn't you like? And I, and I, the first thing that came to my mind was just the scope of the bombasticness of the force powers, the tug of war on the transport ship that Chewie was supposedly mm -hmm. on that exploded and Ray shooting lightning for the first time and, you know, Palpatine throwing his arms up to the heaven and shooting a giant <laughs> column of lightning. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's like, my ship's disabled. Nothing um, will stop the yeah. rule of the Sith. And even when I was driving over here to, to record with you today and I was listening to the soundtrack, it got to the part in the soundtrack where he's draining the life force from from uh, Ray and Ben. And I and I just remember watching it going like, that's it, it's cool. This has happened in EU before, um, before they rewrote it all. But... Just seeing it in this, 
it was kind of like, not like this, not like this. No, Disney, I, didn't, you know? I didn't want this. I don't this. mind force drain, but give it to me in a video game yeah. or, you know, something like that. And it was so over the top with Palpatine hanging off the crane and sucking the life force like a Dementor. Palpatine out of on a hook. And, <laughs> and I just, I don't know. There was, too, there was a lot of like, it was like the reason I didn't like the force unleashed. Which I was like, oh my! When that when that game came out, I was like, nobody <clears throat> throws the fort like him mm-hmm. ripping the star destroyer. Super cool, but at the same time, come on! Like, what is the scope of the force? Let's kind of keep it on a level where we can imagine. With it. I just I just imagine a scene like the one that they had with Palpatine and Exegol and and Sith uh, spirits, you know, wall to wall in the room. Imagine that in a smaller setting, a smaller room Mm -hmm. with dim lighting and kind of blue or fiery red lighting, not the constant cracks of lightning, the giant Roman Colosseum thing. And then Sith going like, who, 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 um, I, I, I wish it was scarier. And instead it was, a CG kind of video game nightmare situation yeah. instead of a genuinely scary scene, which it could have been. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like they botched it to make it too big, loud and just in your face. Yeah. And then, and then again, the, the, this was the movie. This was the, the champion of the answer of the giving answers from star Wars questions. This was supposed to be the one that's like JJ was like, I've got, I've given this much time on answer as many questions as possible. And a lot of what he did was he made me ask more questions that will yeah. never be answered, yeah. such as who are all the robed people in the room with them chanting. Yeah. And, and uh, you and I and can wh- make an educated guess about those people. They're, they're, they're all the Sith, right? They're every Sith that has come before him. And he says that, you know, you're going to, it's a ritual. You're mm-hmm. going to kill sure. me. Yeah. Ray. It's an ancient Sith ritual. Empress Palpatine, <laughs> which I really did not like him saying Empress Palpatine. I wish he had just said Empress. Uh, and and then all of this will pass into you. You'll mm-hmm. be like a, a possessed. Either you're inheriting our legacy and our power or you're going to be possessed. And that's what I wasn't quite sure yeah. of. Mm-hmm. It just opened up. It, it opened up a big can of worms. But to me and I think to you, it does. That is there's a history for this. There's Star Wars books for the past for this. Sure. We understand that kind of Sith act like ghosts and hauntings and poltergeists in a way. And the Jedi are much more clean. Like you have to, you live an internal life if you become one with the force. Mm -hmm. It just, it was too much. A a Sith army in Mm -hmm. deep space. Well, the other question was, we never got, and like I said, on the IMAX, it's it's easy to see more things that you would not necessarily see on a a regular standard. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I found myself on this giant screen, like squinting at, what are these little dudes in the cloaks? I can't really, you know, what? What's the story with that? And then compiling on that was all the Star Destroyers bursting out of the ground, all manned. With presumably, yeah, presumably. Well, manned. it showed the de- yeah. the deck of the when uh, uh, General Pride or whatever he was was on, the, and it was yeah. all Imperial officers. They had di- they had new cool, super cool uniforms. Okay, so um, you saw new people that weren't First Order piloting ships. Yeah, they were in the Star Destroyers. Okay, I I missed some of the people like who it was, were around yeah. General Pride. Yeah, it was really flashy. Which, by the way, we but, forgot to say General Pride was awesome. Oh yeah, that oh, was oh yeah. He was in the good oh, list. Definitely agree. Yeah, he was in the good he list. General good Pride list. was really cool. But and, so there were human. Officers yeah, aboard these ships. They were Imperials uh, and the Sith troopers. I mean, the guys in the red armor uh, yeah. who were fighting the battle on the... Which we knew 
couple months ago uh-huh. that there were going to be these things called sure. Sith Troopers. Mm-hmm. And I guess I just assumed that they were going to be a, a class rank within the First Order, you know, alluding to the Sith and, and honoring the Sith's legacy. But no, they were actually telling us the Sith are going to have an army. Yeah. And they're not going to tell us how. Yeah. They're not going to exactly. tell us how. It's, it's literally the, it's the original um, Star Destroyers. I can't remember the type. Um, yeah, not from the, from but, the Imperial, but it is the, it is the Imperial Star Destroyers um, that that grows out of the ground, and then the stormtroopers that manned those those units yeah. were Sith troopers, yeah, and the Imperial officers were Sith Imperial officers. Yeah. So a lot of it reminds me of Knights of the Republic with mm-hmm. the Sith Triumphant or whatever it was. Yeah, we haven't seen a, a quote unquote Sith army in all of Star Wars, mm-hmm. which again. They they kind of do that like it's nothing, but it's a huge canon development mm-hmm. to have a Sith fleet in Star Wars. The Empire was not a Sith fleet. Mm-hmm. It was ruled by a Sith. Mm-hmm. The First Order was not a Sith fleet. This The idea that now we're facing the resurgence of a Sith army is honestly crazy. And they did it like it was nothing. <laughs> yeah, they did it like, oh, yeah, don't you know? All Sith Lords have their own army. Stashed away in yeah, deep space. they're just dug underground. And and then, of course, you know, my my uh, brain with logistics and stuff is like, so are they like big old Sith families down there? And they're <laughs> yeah. you know, like, what, where did all of these people come from? Right. And so it, you, can, again, you can explain it and they could have tried to figure it out and, and say like, well, you know, like we still possess the cloning technology. Mm. The First Order rejected the idea of clones, but maybe the Emperor doesn't. And we got two Snokes in a jar, <laughs> two Snokes in a jar, which again is on my dislike list. You can say whatever you want about The Last Jedi <laughs> and Ryan Johnson and Snoke, which Snoke, I think, is now an even more baffling character. They only made him more baffling by saying that he was a shell for Palpatine. And we saw two Snokes in what is, I, I guess, a cloning tank, a cloning jar. Um, so if one Snoke died, I guess they had another one ready to go mm-hmm. to fill his place. It was it's very silly. And so was that how they made Palpatine? Is that how they made his body? Because I don't think that was his actual body. His body was destroyed, right? I, I, right? But we, why would they have him so battle damaged and scarred and dis, and dis, But he wasn't. Deformed. He wasn't. Def, he wasn't scarred and deformed more than he was before. He just had blank eyes and well, dead lips. Yeah, exactly. But when he sucked the life force out of those two, oh, he, his hand, his hands. Yeah, his he, hands were like. Oh, like, broken. He was missing fingers. Yeah, missing like fingers. they'd been blown off. But his face was pretty fine. Yeah. Honestly, for Palpatine, it was yeah. fine. And but so, I, I also think back to Leia surviving space and that kind of thing. I mean, there was no giant Death Star explosion around her, but you know, she was blown out of that cockpit by missiles yeah. into space, and she survived and looked fine. So I wonder if you well, some. A rocket. To... Well, let's go into this. Okay. A rocket hits the side of a ship. It explodes. Space sucks all things out, so it doesn't have a chance to subsume her. It goes out immediately. Sure, sure. And then she goes out after it. You would have thought she maybe would get hit by metal or something, but not like the explosion itself. Yeah. I would think. But maybe there's some kind of force thing that you can protect your body from horrible damage. Like he wasn't able to protect his fingers and his lips. (laughs) Yeah, but (laughs) even from the fall, then we're talking about the Death Star exploding. Yeah. It just... I think you could only assume, in my opinion, that Palpatine's body was destroyed, but obviously his spirit, uh, that blue light that shot up out of the pit 
on uh, on the Death Star, that that was his spirit taking off and, and going into the universe to roast. And his cultists, who were on Exegol, they were ready, and they had him a mm. body. I like that. Yeah. Um, I That, to me, makes sense. It's silly, but it's plausible that his spirit... Had a had a host that was ready to be occupied, but it doesn't account for the difference between his hands, like you mentioned. In yeah, his face. I think what I was gonna what I was gonna come rebuttal with was the fact that I think what the story JJ was trying to tell us was like that was the bits of him that survived the explosion, which is why his fingers were blown off and uh, his face was all singed and his eyes were all blank and um, it was like he was in an explosion and he survived it. But again. Falling through an atmosphere, landing on it. <laughs> your body goes through a lot of things unless there was some kind of little drone ship in space that was able to grab him and pull him back in. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, to me, I mean, isn't this whole thing like Harry Potter and Voldemort <laughs> that like bo- a bunch of loyalists and cultists are basically doing the dirty work to make sure that the the, the master has a body to assume at the end. And they, yeah. even while he's crippled and kind of handicapped and he's like a little shriveled up Voldemort yeah. in a in a cradle, yeah. they're going to nurture him back to health yeah. just like they did with Palpatine until he discovers that he can life drain. Which, by the way, what I disliked about the four strain thing was that he seemed surprised when he sucked the life from them and his hands came back. He went, oh, a dyad in the force. And he looked at his hands like he was surprised at what was happening. Yeah. Like he was hocus pocusing these two guys. And then he was getting his hands back. So then come his eyes, then come his teeth kind of coming <laughs> back into his mouth. It seemed like he didn't know what he was doing, which was yeah. weird to huh. me. Huh. Maybe so- something to watch again. Yeah. Watch him do the force drain. And it feels like yeah. he's surprised at the result. Of what he got, which was a body. But she did say when Ben showed up, he was like, you know, ooh, you guys have this yummy bond. You know, I'm going to suck it out of (laughs) you. So we get them. And then and what I did kind of like, though, is they they got rid of the black lipstick and the weird eyes. and The weird licorice lipstick. And he looked like the Palpatine we all know and love. For a few minutes. Yeah. Yeah, And I thought that was fun. That was a little fun for me to see him like, oh, there he is. Yeah. Uh, he's got new robes that are really cool that have like a little red in them. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed that. I did. Yeah, I, I love looking at the it costumes. Was, it was a, it was a little <laughs> it was a little like uh, episode three in his style yeah. of, of wear. Yeah, honestly, I could have gone for classic. I could have gone for just an episode six look for yeah. him, but it was regal and he looked mm-hmm. like a Sith emperor. Yeah, it was it was fine. I think I just feel like Palpatine. He's such a amazing and and timeless Star Wars character. I feel like they could have taken him down to the basics. Quiet crooning. Mm-hmm. He gets underneath your skin mm-hmm. uh, and and tries to manipulate you. But instead, they took the episode three fight with Mace Windu route, where he's just like, like tongue out and teeth, and it yeah, him fighting Yoda, you know, like going, and that that to me was the wrong way to handle the Return of Palpatine. But whatever. Whatever. Sure, sure. Um, so I think last thing that I, I'm going to say that I didn't like is apparently unheard of. No one's ever critiqued John Williams before, <gasps> but I'm about to do it. Blasphemer. I'm about to critique John Williams uh, for contributing to a part of the problem with Palpatine is that the first time I watched the movie, the pacing broke my neck. It was jarring, oh, right? Yeah. It was like, boom, 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 mm-hmm. boom. A swipe, swipe, swipe. Yeah. 
And then I watched it a second time and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm moving with this movie. I'm in the, in the flow. But what I actually thought was really off putting was that the music is just as jarring as the actual pace of what's happening on screen. If there's a cut scene, it just is always, and it's okay in Star Wars to do this some, it's always jumping from one theme to the next, mm. one theme to the next, mm-hmm. especially during Force Skype. You get kind of like, Ray, Kylo, boom, 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 boom. And then Leia can't have a single scene on screen without her theme blaring <laughs> at 11 and Lando coming on screen to give Poe advice and like come out of nowhere like a like a ghost and just be like you know I was discouraged once when I was a young man but we stuck together like friends and then everything worked out in the end and that scene as an example I feel like it would have been much more powerful quiet you know just Two, two guys like helping each other out, giving advice. There's no somber moments in this movie. Mm-mm. There's only one. Yeah. Only one this somber moment. This movie goes up to 11. Yeah, the movie's on 11. And music is what takes things to 11. Mm-hmm. And if the music doesn't ever calm down, you can't ever catch a breath. Um, Han and Kylo have the only quiet movie Ugh. or quiet moment. That's a good scene. Uh, and it's so well done. Mm-hmm. It's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's, and it's so reflective. And that was a moment where the audience could feel it and soak it up. And I just wanted more of that in other scenes. I wanted it on Exegol. I wanted it with Leia and Ray. But it's just constant theme music throughout. I think John Williams went a little too crazy. But honestly, that's J.J. Abrams' fault, right? The way they cut it in. Well, because J.J. is the one who would be like, actually, I want silence here. I'm the director. Mm -hmm. Like, right? That's his choice. But. That's my yeah. that's my beef. I yeah. think John Williams mishandled a little bit of this. Well, to kind of cap off the 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 um, complaint festival here. Yeah, and then back uh, to the fun. I put one, well, I put one one cap on the end of it, which was essentially I think for me, and like I said, when everybody came and stood around us and said, "Well, what would you have? What what did you not like?" And I said, "You know, the whole scope. You know, the lightning and the pillar of the lightning." I just feel like the whole movie, like you said, was at eleven. They turned that sucker up. It was loud. It was proud. It was here. It was moving. It was going. And when you're in the mood for like, oh, let's, you know, go, 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 go. That's great. But I think if they had just turned it down, just turned the scope down a little bit, made it not a giant arena of Sith, made it, like you said, a smaller room. So you kind of hearken back to Luke standing on the bridge of the Death Star and looking out of that throne room window. And he said, y'all friends... You must realize. Which they did that again. They did that again, but it was a giant opening of stone. And they did that in The Last Jedi 2. Snoke had Rey look out at her her friends getting shot out of space in the last movie. And then it happened again in Mm -hmm. this movie. They keep doing it. (laughs) It's because it's such a powerful scene in 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 The uh, Return of the Jedi. Only you can save your friend. Join me. Join me. I get it. I am your friend now. They aren't your friends because they're all blowing up. Um, but, you know, I I think if they had just turned it down, turned down, the, you know, we don't need the lightning pillar. We don't need the giant arena of Sith. We don't – if it was just – you just turn it down. I'm not saying get rid of it. I'm just saying make it a smaller room. Yeah. Make it a smaller opening. Make it a smaller scale. Tone down the music a little bit. Bring it back a little bit. Not so much um, grandstanding. And a little bit more close storytelling. And I think that's what made that throne room scene in Return of the Jedi so good, was it was really intimate. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. It was, you know, when he's hiding, I will not fight you, Father. I mean, that whole sequence is just very close and intimate and scary. And this was like, you're on a rock show, <laughs> you know? It was just a lot of noise, a lot of stuff going on. All of it's good, but all of it's too loud. And I feel like it, if they had turned it down a little bit, my parents would have definitely liked it, liked it more in yeah. their mid-60s. Like, wow, there's a lot of lasers and noises and stuff. And I feel like, yeah, it was a lot of lasers and noises <laughs> and stuff, Mom. That's a wonderful impression. Yeah. Um, a lot of lasers and stuff. Wow. And, <laughs> and I just feel like they would have appreciated the story a little bit more if it wasn't so in your face. Yep. No, I think I think for my, so. my parents in the movie as well, that's kind of exactly what they were feeling was just smacked in the face with just like Star Wars yeah, just yeah. hit you across the face. <laughs> You're in a Star, Star Wars, Wars movie. movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cold glass of water right yeah. there. Yeah, my, my dad was always more Indiana Jones. He likes yeah. like those those kind of slow punchy yeah, movies. And sure. That's fine. That's fine. Different strokes for different folks. Sure. But I just, I wanted it to be a little bit more chill. Um, so anyways, I, I want to go back to this kind of stuff we like. I mean, the implications for the canon in this movie are just... So many, so many, so many things that are just different about the world of Star Wars. And I think it's just it's just hard to imagine now, like what the galaxy is going to be like um, (laughs) after after this movie. Uh, Going back to like the EU thing, right? Like Mm -hmm. what did they pull, in your opinion, from the EU that was featured in this movie because you know that you're better than I do. Well, my wife knows it even better than I do. Dark Empire. So, right? I mean, definitely the uh, the resurgence of Palpatine in the EU. He was a clone. Mm-hmm. Um, and they kind of allude to that in a little bit with the Jars of Snokes, uh, which, by the way, you need to change your podcast to Two Snokes in a Jar. Jaro Snokes. <laughs> Plural sneaks. <laughs> two, two Snokes in a Jar. Welcome to Two Snokes in a Jar. <laughs> That's not a bad podcast. It's a great name. podcast name. The Dead anyway. Speak. Emperor Palpatine has launched a podcast called Two, Two Snokes in a Jar. Two Snokes in a Jar. I'm Snoke. I am Snoke. Welcome to our show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we are every voice you've heard in your head. Um, the sneaks. <laughs> what 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 what's a what's a plural Snoke? What's a plural sneak? Form? Sneaks. The, <laughs> Two Snokes is a sneak. A s- <laughs> What's a flock of snooks? It's a sneak. A snook. A snook. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, so so uh, EU wise, yeah, you get uh, the force drain stuff. Yeah. That's definitely something. Um, I I don't remember where what part in EU it was. Uh, I think it was post Yuuzhan Vong where you had. Uh, if you if you killed someone, their spirit would go into you. Yeah. You would become possessed by them, which they never. Flesh that all the way out. Oh, you know in what? This movie, but well, I think what? that I think that kind of reminds me where I wanted to go next was actually sure. the the Ray and Kylo bond. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only that they are died in the Force, they they constantly save each other's lives. Sure. Um, Ray kills Kylo. She or he didn't die, but she stabbed him mm-hmm. aboard the ship outside the Death Star, the scraps of the Death Star, and she heals him to save his life in which he returns the favor at the end of the movie uh, after crawling from a hole in another near-death experience. And he brings Ray back to life. She died mm-hmm. defeating Palpatine, mm-hmm. which is unclear to me why she died. It's not clear to me why she died. She yeah, just did. Big blast. Yeah, she just melted Palpatine's face and then she died yeah. somehow. 
ran out of energy, I guess. She needed a Gatorade. <laughs> uh, uh, but Kylo Ren comes over and he saves her, uh, transferring life energy. Mm-hmm. Where did this power come from? The I mean, Force Heal? Yeah. Yeah, so the Force Heal has always been a thing. We, we, we see it alluded to a lot, and we really see it in your face in video games. Where yeah. you you have to heal because your ha- character needs uh, some way to get their life re- yeah. regenerated. And why not use magic? Yeah. Um, so I mean, it's always been kind of a, but we've never seen it in your face as much as we have in this movie and also in the Mandalorian. Well, I know it was used in the Mandalorian recently, but I just actually can't even remember in what context. What happened? It was. Um, uh, what's his name? Baby Yoda. Uh, it was Baby Yoda did it to Apollo Creed's character. Uh, what's what's his oh. character's name? <laughs> oh, um, well, the the guy who hires the Mando, the guy who runs the merch, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he got scratched by one of those beasts, the flying pterodactyl things that, oh. and he was had poison. And the rebel heavy yeah. heavy gunner rebel, like you're gonna die. Um, I, gosh, I cannot think of anyone's name. I promise you, Mandos. I know their names. <laughs> so they still names. disown me. Um, but he the the poison was spreading. He was like, oh, this is how I'm gonna die. And um, them. and he closed the wound. So again, we see that happen, and I was like, "Oh, outside yeah. of Rise of Skywalker, we're seeing more of this healing." Um, yeah. Which I I think, and then you saw a little baby Yoda, or I should call him by his true name, the child, just kind of fall down. Like, Ugh. do you wonder? It's a transference of life. So it's I I've almost given up on the idea that Story Group ever has a plan. That's my only that's all my only shot I'm going to throw in that direction. But it's definitely not a coincidence that Baby Yoda unveiled healing power days before the rise of Skywalker puts it on the silver screen for everybody Mm -hmm. to see. This is not something that general audiences will know about, but the Star Wars faithful will go, oh, okay, so we've just canonized uh, heal force heal. Mm -hmm. Um, And you have Imperials after the baby. You have these ex-Imperials going after the baby. The Imperial officer featured at the end of the last Mandalorian episode is like, you don't know what you have. You don't know. Gideon. Yeah, Gideon. Moff Gideon says, you don't know the power of this thing that you have. Mm -hmm. Um, And that makes me wonder, is it, are they after him for the heal? Are they after him for that reason? He also used the force choke. And yes, that he did. As well. He did. I just wonder if the importance of Force Heal that they've been setting up for the big movie, if Baby Yoda's importance is all about that as well, mm-hmm. because this precedes the rise of Skywalker. So, like, what if all of this is leading up to like Force Heal being introduced to the galaxy, like no one's seen it before? That's a good point. Uh, there were, there was. Um, I'm trying to remember. There was a book series. I think it was called and and. Um, Old EU fans will know this better than me. Um, in the Clone Wars, it was called MedStar, something like that. It was about uh, Jedi healers. Okay, I remember the cover of the book was was some Jedi from uh, you know Luminara or one of those Jedi. It's a completely the, plausible. She's power. healing a clone trooper. Yeah, with like blue light. Yeah, and that. You know, they're definitely, yeah, it's completely plausible. It's a completely plausible yeah. force power. Mm-hmm. It's just annoying we haven't seen it by now. By now. <laughs> so that that's a good point because I was about to rebuttal with, you know, oh, no, it's it. And I realized, oh, that's not canon anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. this is the first time we're seeing it canon. Will, are you a Raylo? 
I am a Raylo. You're a Raylo. I'm a Raylo. You were there for that kiss. I, I was there for that kiss. I high five my wife in the in the theater chair. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um, and that comes from Be with me. Be with me. <laughs> no, she's not talking to him. In, when, in the beginning in the beginning of the movie when she was saying be with me, I was like, she's talking to Ben. No, she's, she's talking, talking to the Jedi. Talking to Kylo. She's talking to the force. Um, all the Jedi that came before me. Nonsense. You were talking to Ren. But you? what I thought was neat about that, and, and the only reason I'm Raylo is after The Last Jedi, and I was like, they are electric. Like, yes. They have such chemistry. Oh, their chemistry is on fire. Such chemistry, and, yeah. And it's, and it's, you know, if they didn't do, and they didn't go like, oh, they get married and have children. No, he dies. So it really wasn't that big of a deal for people to go lose their minds over just the one kiss to kind of, you know, seal yeah. that that electricity that they had, which I, I have a feeling she knew that he was going to die. And it was just that last, let's, you know, let's have an, a moment of intimate connection with each other. And he was going to pass on. Yeah. And I think that was that was just kind of the the finishing, the finale of their um, relationship together. Yeah. A lot of people are talking now about how maybe Ray and Kylo will continue to be able to commune together uh, after after his life and in the world between worlds yeah. uh, that they rolled out in Rebels. That basically Kylo's going to always be with her because they are connected uh-huh. in a way that, like Palpatine said, they haven't seen in centuries. Yeah, in centuries or generations of yeah. Jedi have uh-huh. not been connected like Ray and Kylo are. Um, so I don't think he's like gone from her life. She's probably going to just like be like cooking eggs in the morning and he'll be like, you didn't use enough pepper. (laughs) They're not for you. They're for me. You can't even eat eggs. You're dead. (laughs) (laughs) You can't have eggs. And they'll just like, he'll just be with her always. Always. The fourth will be with you. Always. Um, But I will say, I, 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 and, and, and Kathleen Kennedy did come out at the red carpet, sorry, blue carpet. And she said something about, well, you know, we're done with this story. And then she was kind of like, for a minute, a second pause. And she's like, for now. For now. And I was like, okay, so we might, I think there's a high chance that we're going to probably see Kylo Ren and Ray Skywalker at some point again. Um, But not any, not any time in the near future. Um, the, so, you know, yeah. again, like this, I, we're going to kind of like go towards the finish line here. And sure. I didn't like instinctively, I did not instinctively like this movie, but when I step back and I look at it for what it is and I go like, wow, this is like an EU video game style <laughs> Star Wars movie. I go, hmm, kind of cool to uh, a dark sider and a light sider connected in the force. They kind of hate each other, but they kind of want each other. They're going to find each other to the end. They're going to use each other's life essence to save each other's lives. They're going to fall in love and die right after (laughs) defeating a Sith ghost in a Coliseum of Sith. And I go like, holy shit, I didn't want that for a Star Wars movie, but here it is. Okay, it's fine. (laughs) It's here and it's It's here to stay. And one of the things that that I and and again, like when I was driving over here, listening to that soundtrack and reliving this movie and and thinking about a lot of the the feedback and a lot of the uh, the arguments and the the just of what's the word vitriol Mm -hmm. on, on the Internet that people are just killing each other over this thing. And I saw it before this. I saw it with Last Jedi. 
Um, I kind of saw it with The Force Awakens, not a, not to the same degree. And I joined that fight for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think what this movie kind of helped me do was make, take a deep make breath, peace. step back, and go, it's Star Wars. You've had a little chip um, on your shoulder for two years. I have. I've had a little chip on my shoulder <laughs> because I had so many questions, so many things that I wanted answered from... Uh, the Force Awakens, which I enjoyed, and none of it came to fruition in the Last Jedi, and I was just really kind of upset that I never got. You know, one of those things you wanted. From I the wanted Force some Awakens. Knights of Ren. I wanted some. Do you, you really know, feel I, like you got those Knights? Of I Ren? didn't. He shepherded them in as as as, as pushed them against the walls, as, like last second in this let's, movie. Let's get them in. Go. Yeah. yeah. Um. I think if this had been <clears throat> killed stretched, by killed by Ben Solo in his pajamas. Yeah. I think <laughs> if they had stretched this one out, um, over Harry two Potter did part one, part two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would have been so uh, No. Nine point five. No. I mean, I'm glad he got in what he had, what he wanted to get in to finish the story off. And at the same time, uh, it's brought my love back for the Last Jedi, um, which is still a good movie. Uh, It has good Star Wars content in it. Um, This has good Star Wars content in it. And what is the most interesting thing? And this is probably my last word. Uh, as far as this goes, is uh, one of my most interesting things about this is everyone, of course, ha- this happens after every movie, posts their I sent you mine, posts their 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 mm-hmm. their list of their favorite Star mm-hmm. Wars movies, and I I just find it so interesting that S- Star Wars different each each movie means something completely different to each different person. And your order goes as uh, follows. I don't I don't like doing this to the public, but yeah. okay. tell me tell us where it fits in. So I I have and I'll and I'll do like a little sentence after each one. <clears throat> a New Hope is definitely number 1 for me. Um it's it's I just had a friend of mine who's does she, Darth Vader came on the screen and she said, "Ooh, who's that?" So she's really has no clue. Mm-hmm. Uh so watching A New Hope again, was like this is the this is the Star Wars experience. Yeah. Especially going, going down the list, Empire Strikes Back for obvious reasons. Rogue One uh, is number three. I like the gritty realism. It was fun for me. Um, Revenge of the Sith is number four for me. Mm-hmm. I enjoy that story. I enjoy the 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 chemistry of Obi Wan and Anakin. I enjoy Anakin's dark descent. Um, that was really. F- uh, heart pulling story sorry um return of the jedi solo rise of skywalker and then the rise of skywalker above okay. the force awakens okay uh then phantom menace attack of the clones and finally the last jedi yeah um and and i will say again last jedi only for the fact uh that it didn't I, I felt this is a personal feeling for me that it didn't progress the story yeah and well so. i i say this all the time um, movies that are at the bottom, the barrel for Star Wars for me, are at the bottom of my favorite movie franchise exactly. in which I like Attack of the Clones more than I like Saving Private Ryan, which is a movie that I love. I love <laughs> Saving Private Ryan. And I, I mean, I like Attack of the Clones more than that movie. Uh, and Attack of the Clones is one of the worst Star Wars movies. So again, like we're all grading on a curve here. It really is a curve. I mean, grading on a curve. Uh, I, I've not decided yet where The Rise of Skywalker sits, but what I did post two days after the movie was that it's at the bottom of the barrel. 
that mm-hmm. Attack of the Clones is now above, um, okay. you know, something which it mm-hmm. has not been in a long, long time. Uh-huh. I've got it at the very bottom where you have uh, The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's fair. I think that it will probably change and it's going to move up in the course of a couple weeks yeah. or months. Sure. I think it's going to move up. Um, you know, it's just a lot to chew on, but uh, they tied a nice little bow at the end. A really tough task to tie a bow on this, not only this trilogy, but a, a nine movie run. Mm-hmm. And I liked the ending on Tatooine, bearing the lightsabers, mm-hmm. which opens the door for someone to find them. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Some Someone's going to dig those up, yeah. folks. It's just be that old lady once runs just, Ray leaves. She's going to go back that night yeah. with a shovel. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that old lady watched Ray bury those lightsabers there, and she was like, Oh man, the rent is gonna be paid this month. <laughs> uh, yeah. Someone's gonna dig those up, uh, and, and you know she picked her family. Yeah. And at the end of the day, that is what Star Wars is about. We are all Skywalkers now. The rise of Skywalker. I still say is you and me. Sure. Um, they did it. JJ yeah. did it. Yeah. And and again, it was it was it was something a little impromptu. Disney Disney got the the license for this thing. And uh, they they were like, well, let's continue the series. And I don't know if they should have done it that fast, um, but they they bared their teeth. Or if they should have gone they, in with no game plan. They got it. They got it done. They finished the um, they finished the saga off. Beautiful ending. Um, and I think the the prevailing wisdom at the end of this movie, and this is just my again my my opinion, is is the power of choice. Power of choice. You could be mm-hmm. born any certain way but you choose to live the life that you want to live that best suits you that that makes you happy and 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 leaves a positive impact on the on the planet yeah which in many ways um ryan johnson and the last jedi the narrative had attempted to move away from family legacies and blood and that you know it is in all of us yeah but what jj did was kind of took us back to the basics with family legacy and then gave us a way to walk away from family legacy by going with dark ray and both of them have their merits and, sure. and both of them are powerful um they're in conflict a little bit with each other narratively as movies but it'll all work in the end it did work in the end uh, I think it's time to maybe round it down. There's still so much to talk about specifics, but sure. maybe for another time. Will Smith, best friend, honorary guest. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming on Beltway Absolutely. Dances.